You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by, well, brought to you by uh, many things. But again, I'm Mike Luke joined by your host, or I'm Mike Luke joined by Jason Shear. Hello, Jason Shear. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? All right. We've got a ton, a ton to get to this show. But first and foremost, Arizona football with a marquee victory of the Jed Fish era. This was some pretty impressive stuff right there, Jason Shear. And, um, Ah, we're going to get into all the details of it, but I don't know what else to say other than the fact that that was an absolute butt kicking right there. And Washington state had no clue really what hit it. Yeah. I mean, after the game, my first thought was uh, how long, how long back do I have to go to find a game that was as complete as that? And the fact that I actually had to like really think about it, I'm still not sure. That was one of the most complete games I've seen Arizona play in the last decade, probably. Well, and it's top to bottom, and that's where I think that's so impressive. It doesn't feel fluky at all. It was on the offense. It was on the defensive side as well. There was a lot, like I said, there's a lot to unpack here, but the fact that this is pretty much a very well-rounded team, I think, is really the impressive part about all this. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of times when Arizona has come up with an upset, it'll be like 49 to 47 or something like that, where the defense doesn't show up, or one side of the ball, usually the offense. This was just a butt kicking. Like this was the offense showed up, the defense showed up, the special teams showed up. I mean, it was a balanced butt kicking. And it, you know, the thing that was fun to watch was it felt like even when it was 14 to six, Washington State had no idea what was happening. Like Arizona, like they did not expect Arizona to play as well as it did. Right. Now we got to talk Noah Fafita here. Now, there are some people on here, and this isn't a straw man argument here. You've seen these people out here that keep saying that Noah Fafita is great for Arizona because he is a game manager and he doesn't make mistakes. No. Noah Fafita is a difference maker. Noah Fafita is a guy you win games because of, not somebody that's just along for the ride. This drives me up a wall, Sheer. I thought I thought the Washington State game, and obviously he played well against Washington and USC, but I thought the Washington State game was the first game where he made throws where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like the, the sidearm throw to T-Mac, the throw down the sideline to Tanner McLaughlin, those are like elite quarterback throws. Game managers don't make those throws. And, you know, it, it, it's – that was the game where, to me, I was like, okay, there's there's something different going on with Noah Fafita in the sense that he could now, and, and, and you kind of knew this before, but he could make all the throws. Like, there aren't any throws that he can't make. So the idea that he's just a game manager, I think, went down the tubes at Washington State. Our guy Tony Jones in here, bear down and back the A. Tony Jones, we saw AJ. We're going to talk about AJ Jones and the receiving core getting some feed right there. Very much liked seeing that. All right, now. Uh, but with Fafita too, it also shows that everybody eats on this team at that, at this point, you know, Tony Jones popping in right here was very good because you got, it wasn't just T-Mac and Jacob Cowan catching some passes. Montana caught five passes. Kevin green had a couple snatches. Uh, AJ Jones got into the mix. You also had, um, uh, uh Malachi Riley. Everybody is starting to eat here and it just goes to show you too. And again, this isn't a diss towards Delora. But JDL, or excuse me, but Noah Fafita is a more cerebral quarterback that I think can process things in a much quicker light. And that's why I think you saw what you saw out there. Well, I think Noah's much better at making his reads faster. I I think it's obviously he makes his reads, and if it's not there, they go to Jonah Coleman on the check down, and 
Jonah does what Jonah does. But right. um, it, it's, it's, I don't like, obviously Noah locks in on TMAC quite a bit. Why wouldn't you, right? Correct. It's never been a, a, a detriment. But then if TMAC's not open, he's going to other guys. He's not forcing the issue. The fact that Tanner could go out and get a handful of catches, I don't think it's a coincidence that Montana had his best game of the season on Saturday. And, and credit to Jed Fish also to forcing that issue a little bit. But it's very hard. Washington State bracketed Jacob Cowing and, and tried to take him out of the game, and that's a weird choice. But um, it, it all it did was force Noah to go to other receivers, and the bracket wound up doing absolutely nothing. And Jacob Cowing, normally very sure-handed Jacob Cowing, missed a touchdown in the end of in the end zone right there that Noah Fafita had as well, Jason Shear. Yeah, that was one of his best throws of the game, too. I, I actually thought it was a very interesting choice to bracket Cowing. I would have bracketed T-Mac and, and try to have someone else beat me. But Cowing finished with like eight catches for 30 yards. He was basically a running back. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't work. Like, And I'm sure other schools will... We'll try it, and and we'll we'll see what happens with more film on Noah. But the thing is, too, like he doesn't get rattled. Like Washington State tried a lot of stuff. He got hit in this game a little bit, and it never really mattered. Is Jonah Coleman an NFL running back? Yeah, he, he is. is. He is, and and I was thinking this last night. He's going to be, you know, I don't know how good Brandon Johnson is yet. You know, I, I assume he's good because I assume every running back is good. Speedy Luke is going to get more carries next year. Jonah Coleman's going to get like 20 carries next year, and he's going to put up some stupid numbers. Correct. Yes, he is. And as good as Michael Wiley is, Michael Wiley is a fantastic player. We will never put down Michael Wiley on this show because he's a very good. Jonah Coleman's a little bit different. Jonah Coleman, you feel I give the ball to Jonah Coleman 20 times. Jonah Coleman's going to give me a buck 25, a buck 30 right there. Yeah, it's so hard because like like we love Michael Wiley. Like he's doing everything that's ass or whatever. And 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 he's still a solid running back. Um, it's just that Coleman is different. Like right. he's just different. Like you you talk to scouts, you talk to coaches and stuff, and they'll always say about certain guys, like like Jonas Sabanea is different. Like in at the running back position, Jonas just a different type of dude. And Michael Wiley should absolutely still get carries and looks when he gets back. It's just that right now. You got to think that Jonah Coleman is your number one running back. All right. Cosmic Contrary and our guy in here, generally a skeptic, generally a skeptic. A glass is half empty as Jason Shear drinks some of his coffee right there. But is that Folgers, by the way? Mm -mm. But Cosmic Contrarian is now saying the Cats win at least three more games. That's when you know we're really over the hump. When Cosmic Contrarian is optimistic, we like that right there. All right. Now, um, on the defensive side of the ball. This, to me, has really been the surprise of the season. Again, Noah Fafita, I, unlike you, I was confident when Noah Fafita took over, he would not step off the field. Jason Shear, do you apologize now or later? Uh, Yeah, I, you know, I, hey, can I still say I'll see when I believe it? Yeah, go ahead. You can say it. You can say whatever you want. No, no, but I, to be, to be fair, I, I told you, and I, and I think Jed's going to make the switch, that once you make Noah your starting quarterback, like, officially – uh, it's like once you make that decision, it's done. He's your Jaden. We we both said that Jaden's career at Arizona was over once you actually make that decision. Wait a second, though. Wait a second, though. You can't lose your job to injury, though. That's what everybody says, which is the dumbest take ever. Look, it's I, I think it makes it more difficult. You know, I, I, I do think it makes it more difficult to pull a guy for injury. But at the end of the day, man, like 
what are you going to do? You're going to say, hey, Noah, I'm sorry. You you average 300 yards a game and you have eight touchdowns to two picks. And, oh, by the way, you led a 44-6 to six win against a rake right. team on the road. But we like Jaden Delora better. Would you it's, start to have – I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Jed Fish has a lot of goodwill right here. And Jed Fish is cla- – I like the feisty Jed Fish that we saw in that post game. We're going to talk about the feisty Jed Fish right there. But Jed Fish would lose so much uh, unneeded uh, uh, credits if he's trying to Jaden Delora out against Oregon State. Forget the fans for a second. I don't know how Jed Fish – would be able to get in front of his team and say, you know what, guys, I'm going, I'm, I'm switching quarterbacks. I just, I can't see it. Like it's, it's gotta be overwhelmingly Noah Fafita. And I think Jaden actually knows that. I don't think that's lost on Jaden. Jaden's not a dumb guy. I think he fully recognizes where this is all headed. All right. Now, now we got to talk about fam. We have been ta- calling for fam to get more carries all season long sheer. Fam broke out in a big way. It was lost kind of because it was such a good performance, but you got to get Fam the ball. Fam, when he had that run for the uh, touchdown where he made the safety miss and went right by him, he's the only dude on the roster that can make that play right there. More Fam, please. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it goes back to what we were just saying over who. Like, I don't think it was ever a, a Fam problem. It was who are you taking the carries away from? And what they did this week is, hey, you know, Mike, at the end of the day, Jonah Coleman only got 10 carries this past week. Speedy Luke got 11, Coleman got 10, and I think Williams got 10. And and that's that might be what it is. Like, as good as Coleman is, if you want to do a different look, and, and I think the difference is that Speedy is the only running back that gives you a different look, right? Yes. Like, Coleman is a power back. Wiley is mixed. Williams is more of a power back. Speedy is speedy, right? right. And, and I think that when you get him out in the open field, we saw once he beats his man, like if you go back and watch that 41-yard run, it's him versus a defender one-on-one. He fakes left, the defender falls, and then he runs in for the touchdown. He is as fast as it gets. It's just a matter of being able to get him in the open field. All right, but you agree. We've been saying it all offseason season. 10 carries or 10 touches for fam. Don't care how it happens. We got to get 10 touches for fam and fam showed you what he can do when he gets those 10 touches. Yeah. I don't care if it's carries or screen passes or pitches, you know, 10, 10 touches a game, I think is, is fine. Yes. All right. Now we are going to talk about Gunnar Maldonado. Don't worry because on this show, we are humble losers right here. Well, we at least try to be, but first circle K Sheer, you're picking me up later to go to the press conference. What do you think about Circle K possibly on the way to picking me up? What say you, my friend? I mean, I can't think of a better idea, Mike. All right, Circle K. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. And no better time to become a diehard. Go go PHNX diehard. Check it out. Uh, Check it out. You got all kinds of good stuff. Discord chats, merchandise. Anthony Cimino writing, Jason Shear has vouched in the past that he actually likes Anthony Cimino. This is true. This is true, Jason Shear, is it not? Yeah, but don't spread rumors. You know, I don't I don't want it to become too obvious. That's true. But again, check it out. Uh, again, become a PHNX diehard today. You'll, uh, you'll thank me later. All right. Now, the defensive line. 
There's been some questions about whether Jed Fish can actually develop uh, talent on the defensive line. Well, I'll tell you what, this is probably the best defensive line we've seen at Arizona in about 10 years. And Jed Fish, let it be known afterwards that we develop freshmen here. I like that Jed Fish right there. That was clearly a shot. And you know what? It was a shot that was well-deserved right there, Jason Shear. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look. Like, I, I'm typing because I'm looking up by Isaiah Ward. Like, Isaiah Ward was, was a good high school player, right? Three-star, solid player. Uh, top 800 guy, but his committable offer, you know, was like Arizona and Oregon State, which is fine. But I don't think anyone thought that Isaiah Ward would be this good this fast. Uh, Russell Davis did not have a lot of offers, despite the fact that he was pretty solid in high school. Uh, he's starting next year, and he's going to be really good. Uh, and then you take a look, uh, you know, the, the, the defensive player of the game, even though there were interceptions, you could argue on the D-line was Jacob Kangaika. His, right. his, you know, he, and, and look what he did, right? Another guy, not that highly recruited and all that. Arizona develops players. I'm not sure where, well, I do know where the idea came from, but you can look around the roster. I mean, look at the O-line, right? Like, look at, look how far Leif Magnuson has come. Mm -hmm. Our guy, like, right? Like, you can look around the field and see the guys that Arizona has developed. So, the idea that Arizona doesn't develop players. At every position is just it's it's dumb. It's inaccurate. Yeah. And one thing I do want to say about this, and I do want to push back just slightly here. I don't blame Sal Point for George rushing. Um, I know a lot of people on the Sal Point staff, they're good dudes. They're not gonna force kids to go anywhere. Just because George Rushing has acted like this, I don't think that people need to say we root against Sal Point or we don't like Sal Point. Some kids decommit. Nobody cares. It's how the father has handled all of this. I would not conflate George rushing with Sal Point, Jason Shear. No, and if you guys have noticed, and, and I don't think some people have, I haven't said anything bad about Sal Point. It, it's not a, a, a Sal Point issue. Arizona doesn't have a Sal Point issue, and that's coming directly from someone on the staff. They don't think that they have a Sal Point issue. Um, you know, it, it's I, I think that there's some – it, it, it's such a long conversation, but I think that there's some obstacles in Tucson where you have one school basically that produces D1 talent and you have people that view themselves in a different way once they're that D1 talent, as opposed to a place like modern day where those parents know exactly how this whole system and process works, if that right. makes sense. I think at South Point, sometimes you get kind of a convoluted view and that's not South Point's fault. That's a lot of people not doing the research necessary and, and things like that. Yeah. But with Jed Fish going out there and saying we develop freshmen, that was a shot right at George Rushing right there. George Rushing then came out on uh, on Twitter and said, well, I didn't really say um, I didn't really uh, say that uh, um, he didn't develop freshmen running backs or quarterbacks. No, no, no. Jed Fish called you out right there. It was an awesome win. Take the loss right there. Take the L there, Mr. Rushing. I love petty. Like, when coaches are petty, I think it's one of the funniest things. For Jed Fish, after the win, to say, by the way, look at our young players. It's safe to say we develop, don't we? And it's like, right. damn, you know exactly who that was at. Uh, it was awesome. And honestly, it was well-deserved. And, and the thing is, you can't find any recruiting person that will defend that, that initial statement from the Rushing family. And I say the rushing family because I don't I don't think there's any way Elijah wrote that because he's not that type of kid. Um, but you won't find anyone to defend that. And so Jed eventually probably said to himself, you know what? 
I'm going to, I'm going to fight back a little bit here. And honestly, if Jed wasn't putting together a really good product, probably wouldn't have a leg to stand on. You and I have watched a lot of bad Arizona football, a lot of bad Arizona football. This top to bottom from a talent perspective is one of the, I think it's the best team in 10 years, to be honest with you. I really do. It's definitely the most complete, right? Like it's because, yeah, I mean, if we're going back a decade, yeah, it should be. I mean, we know how bad Sumlin was, and then the end of Rich Rod wasn't the best. Um, it's probably the best team since what? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's where you got to go to. I think you got to go to twenty fourteen. All right, now let's talk a little bit about then the. Uh, let's talk more about the defensive line before we're going to get to the secondary because the secondary also is balled out as have the linebackers. But man, they just keep coming at you. Um, they just keep coming at you left and right on this D line right here. Our guy Jacob Kungaika. We had. We haven't even mentioned Jacob Kangaika this year. He was an absolute animal. Deuce Davis the previous week. Uh, Isaiah Ward. Obviously, Taylor Upshaw could have 10 sacks this year. Big Bill Norton, who we're going to talk about as well. This is a loaded defensive line. Well, here's the thing that, you know, a lot of times you think uh, they're kind of blowing smoke, coaches, right? When they say, we want to rotate, blah, blah, blah. And Johnny Nansen, all all season, all spring said, look, man, I, I want to rotate. We're going to rotate defensive linemen. I don't want anyone playing a certain amount of snaps. So if you look up the snap count against Washington State, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Bill Norton had 18 snaps. That's it. Isaiah, right. 18 snaps. Upshaw, 29. CEO, 13. Uh, you know, Isaiah Ward, 27. Russell Davis, 16. Gengaika, 16. No one's playing more than, like, 30 snaps. Right. That's crazy. And that's why you're seeing guys that are so fresh – and making an impact late in the game. And what sticks out is you mentioned Bill Norton, and we asked him about it when he first came, and he goes, look, that's how you win. Like at Georgia, we never had a D lineman play more than like 25 snaps in a game because that's how you win. That's what winning teams do. And it's not a coincidence that Arizona has depth on the defensive line and the defense looks better. And how many times in the Kevin Sumlin and even the Jed Fisher the last couple years, in the fourth quarter, did we just say the defense has nothing left? It's done. How do we get Big Bill Norton back for another year? We have to make this happen. The legend of Big Bill Norton will grow immensely if we get another year out of Big Bill Norton. I'm thinking PHNX NIL deal. Uh, dude, that's what we got to have happen. I'm going to talk to the big dog about it. But honestly, joking aside, he's kind of indicative, though, of this line. And we, we also got to give this staff a ton of kudos for their their transfer portal evals are fantastic. Hunter Eccles came here. I didn't expect anything out of Hunter Eccles last year. Had seven sacks or six sacks, whatever it was. Taylor Upshaw, five and a half career sacks. Cool. Wasn't expecting a ton. Going to have 10 sacks this year. Big Bill Norton speaks for itself. This staff, when it comes to evaluating transfer portal targets, is really, really good. Yeah. I mean, do you know like Bill Norton's stats uh, at Georgia? Nothing. Like, nothing. Like he had like five tackles, right? And, and and you're like, oh, they took a reserve lineman from Georgia. And at the time, both of us said a reserve lineman at Georgia is still a reserve lineman at the you know the, right. the, the defending champs or whatever. But I didn't expect him to make this big of an impact. I, I mean, he is he's a very real, very good defensive lineman. Uh, Tyler Manoa was an offensive lineman that basically right. UCLA said. We don't even think you're good enough to play the D-line. Look at the impact that he's made. 
I mean, every guy that Arizona took from the portal has made some sort of impact. It may not be a superstar impact, but every guy has been valuable to the defense. The two most important uh, components on this defense now, and first of all, we got to give Johnny Nansen. We're going to get to Gunnar Maldonado. Promise, promise. But uh, Johnny Nansen, and I'm assuming, obviously, to a lesser extent, but I'm guessing that Johnny Nansen and Dwayne Aquina are easily the two most powerful shot callers on this defense. Obviously, it's Johnny Nansen's defense, not minimizing that. But I think Aquina has really been a nice fit here, especially when you look at the difference in the play of the secondary here, there, Skier. Yeah, and I think you have to also give Nansen credit for, like he could have said to Dwayne Aquino, look, this is my defense. You're just coaching the safeties, right? Right. And Jed Fish said after the Wazoo game that basically Aquino and Nansen sat down and Aquino put in some flex defense and Nansen said, yeah, this is awesome. Let's run it. And right. not a lot of defensive coordinators would do that. And to be able to lean on Dwayne Aquino for knowledge and then allow him to implement stuff is is as valuable as it gets, right? Like, right. It, and so... Um, you know, he's changed. And Nansen, uh, it's insane. When it, I, you know, to me, that's one of the most underreported stories nationally. It's very, very, very rare to see a defensive improvement that Arizona has had from last season to this season. It's It's bordering on historical what they've been able to do. And all right, let's talk about that secondary right there. Ephesians, Prysock, you and I both believe will play in the NFL, and I think he's going to have a lot of, uh, but everybody across the board has improved. Takario Davis, um, I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought they were going to have to move him to safety. I didn't see the, uh, I didn't see the, you know, the as they say, the ability to flip the hips um, that uh, some others do. But Gunnar Maldonado has balled out. Dalton Johnson has been a stalwart in the secondary. The secondary, I thought, was going to be a real problem this year. The secondary's damn good. And this goes back to the evaluation, right? Like, Arizona was fine with letting Christian Roland Wallace go. And there right. were some people like, why would you do that? Well, this is why you would do that. You have two young corners that are every bit as good, if not better. And and Takario Davis is the one that has surprised me. You know, I thought Prysock would be good, but Davis is the one, I mean – that that was a real competition in camp between him and right. Dylan Wall. It, it was a in 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 the spring, Yates, you know, who doesn't even play anymore, was another guy that was really in there. And Takaro Davis won that competition and has absolutely run with it. And all of a sudden you look, and Arizona's corners are sophomores. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not going anywhere for a while. And and they're gonna be really good all-conference type of players by the time they leave Arizona. This team, and you and I were kidding. By the way, Bear 520 down, excellent, excellent person, says, I remember someone saying once Fafita hits the field, he won't be coming off. Do you know this person, Jason Shear? Do you, would you be talking to this person, possibly? Uh, yeah, I talk to myself all the time. Oh, stop. Get out of here. Get out of <laughs> here with that nonsense. Um, the uh, Oh, real quick, and we're all over the place because we've got a lot to talk about here. The Big 12, though... We're big fans of the Big 12. This is not a shot at the Big 12. We are ecstatic to be going to the Big 12. Arizona is going to have a real chance in the Big 12 next year to make a lot of noise. It's funny because we were talking about this and yesterday or whenever it was, and I got a text from another buddy of mine, and he goes, is Arizona going to win the Big 12 next year? <laughs> and then, like at the same time, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was talking to Mike. Yeah, I, there's a legit chance. Like, look, I, I think Utah – 
I always put them, you know, and but you look at their quarterback situation. Is it getting better? I don't know. It probably is, but they're going to have a freshman quarterback next year. Arizona's not. Can Rising Arizona's come back? Can Rising come back if he doesn't play this year? I don't know. I think he's done. I, he's got. I, I think his his injury is bad. It's going to get interesting, but I, I don't think he does. I don't know. I don't know if he has eligibility though. All right, um, but, but you look at it. Yeah, like Arizona should be an eight win. If everyone comes back, God knows with the transfer portal and these guys are all going to get offers, right? We know that all these guys, if Arizona is going to have to pay up and all that, if Arizona returns 90% of its roster and it's the important dudes, Arizona is like a nine win team next year. Arizona is a top 25 team yes. next year, Jason Shear, probably preseason top 25. Yep. But by the way, you look at Jed Fish and you say that's one cool, calm and collected customer. I have become convinced that he wears shady rays. Maybe when nobody's looking, but I do believe he wears shady rays. Do Would you agree with this, Shear? It could be a good press conference question. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, no, I want to ask him about his Folgers. I assume that he drinks Folgers coffee. Do we assume that he drinks Folgers coffee? No. Shelby and I were talking about this. Knowing him and knowing Amber, they're, they're Keurig, you know, fancy coffee type of people. Yeah, but he looks like a Folgers coffee guy with the stubble running off the field right there. Yeah, but I got stubble. I don't drink Folgers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. But exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated two, five stars by over 250,000 people. And I still believe Jed Fish wears these ones right here. Um, now, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Where's Keck? High? Yeah, we haven't seen Keck anywhere right here. Although, Sheer, let's be honest here. Dude, where's two mil? Just because you make $2 million doesn't mean you're too wealthy for Folgers. I guarantee you if I made $2 million, I would still eat the Del Taco cheeseburger. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you have the worst eating habits I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't drink Folgers. I don't know if he drinks coffee. I've never seen him drink coffee. Hmm. He doesn't. When he comes to pressers, he comes with some weird... Uh, sparkling water that I, I yeah don't that. yeah that's a good point I feel like an idiot now actually bringing this up but I still made me laugh at the time though especially when he's running off the field it looked like he was running to get that pot of Folgers going all right now. Like, like a man's man when they were dominating Washington State and he's got the stubble and he's talking crap after the game I know what you meant dude he looked awesome he looked like the guy that was going into the poker table after the game and saying you know I'm cleaning you all out tonight yeah I know what you meant all right now we need to get we need to combat some misinformation that is going around right here. Um, first and foremost, this whole thing about a breakdown in communication between uh, the rushing family and Jed Fish. This is nonsense. Uh, you have people out here that are saying that uh, Arizona didn't contact Keona Wilhite uh, ever after he uh, committed to Arizona. That is not true on a thousand different levels and it would have taken five seconds to be able to figure that one out. And the other thing too, there's only a there's only a disconnect if one side wants it to be a disconnect. The one thing we do know about Jed Fish more so than anything is that this dude recruits his butt off. He's not looking to uh He's not looking to cut corners. I always think of when Big Chester Burnett was on here and he said that uh, he said, "Man, he recruited Kean harder after he committed than before. And that's the story of all these kids. Arizona did not just ignore rushing and will height. All right. So I did a little research. Okay. Mm -hmm. I did a little research. So I'm going to read something. Okay. 
So Keona committed in June and Elijah in July, right? Mm -hmm. Neither month allows for a coaching staff to go to your school. It's a yeah. level one violation. It's what ASU is dealing with. So cross June and July out. You can't mm -hmm. visit. You can only visit high school programs during the fall eval and contact period. So the fall eval period started September 1st, right? Mm -hmm. You can't send two coaches to a school and you cannot interact with a recruit during that time. Okay. You can't right. do it. It's illegal. It's a level one violation, right? So what happens? Arizona saves their South Point visit for the bye week so that Jed could literally go. It is literally the only time on the calendar that Fish was allowed to go to the game. What, this, like, you, it, it, ASU is on probation and probably going to get docked for doing what Arizona fans or South, or whatever it is, the rumors, the people spreading the rumors, are saying that it didn't do. Of course it didn't do it. It's illegal. And it's crazy that a competing site and other people are spreading rumors that, like, Arizona didn't keep in communication. They absolutely did. It, it, it's just it's crazy to me that people don't know the rules. You're just limited in what you can do. And think about it this way, too. Jed Fish, with the way that he's rebuilt this roster, do you think he said, yeah, yeah, got two big-time defensive linemen here. Even when we can talk to them, let's not talk to them. They'll be okay. Come on. Mike, we always bring up the story of when we talk to a recruit or Ben talked to a recruit that straight up said, I'm not going to Arizona, and basically, like, they're not recruiting me hard enough. Right. Right. We, we, we it, it wasn't him, but we've had other recruits being like, yeah, they, I, I don't talk to them. I have never talked to a recruit that off the record told me Arizona isn't recruiting him hard enough. Never. The right. idea that Arizona and Jed Fish wouldn't recruit a top 10 player and a top 200 player that are five minutes from campus, that right there, should it should be a red flag because it is such a dumb idea. Like that was has nothing to do with why these guys decommitted. There's a few people spreading the rumor. They're bad people. Right. And what I want to say too is, and there's an article in the star by our guy, Michael Lev. And I want to say this, uh, cause this is all respect. I have all the, I have all the respect in the world for Mike. I think he, he's a great job. Uh, this article I didn't agree with though. And I know that there were a number of parents that were upset by it because it basically implied that uh, the in-state kids who aren't playing are upset or at least that throw threw it out there. I had a number of parents reach out to me about it. Um, and then the whole thing with Will, uh, the whole thing with uh, Elijah rushing, it was basically just a conjecture article right there. I, I didn't, I, I thought that that did somewhat of a disservice to these kids, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think, what, and, and I like Love, I consider Love a friend. I'll, I'll never talk mm -hmm. bad about him. I, I think what's happening is there's a lot of people talking and a lot of people believing certain people that are talking when there's no reason to do it. And instead of kind of, I think it's very difficult to get involved in recruiting and knowing what goes on with recruiting when right. you're not in the world. Like with recruiting, I have been doing this for so long and you've been doing it for long. It's very easy to pick up on the BS and stuff like that. I think for others, when you're kind of new to it or not really engulfed in it, yeah. in it, it's harder to kind of decipher what's going on. Because what happens, though, is when you put an article out there like that and you imply or say this could be an issue with uh, in-state kids not playing, 
those kids' parents get hit up immediately about it, especially if you're naming possible possible kids. That was the that to me is where it kind of went off the rails a little bit because if you're a parent and you're perfectly happy and this comes out there, well, I didn't talk to you. I didn't you you didn't you didn't ask my opinion on any of this stuff. That to me is where I think the disconnect hit. And again, I like Mike. I think he's a great dude. Um, I'm not as close with him as you are, obviously, but this to me was probably something that probably could have been handled a little bit differently. Yeah, probably. And, you know, it's probably a learning lesson for, for a lot of moving forward. And again, like it, it's, it was a weird article because it, it was conjecture. And I, and I think that there are some parts where maybe that wasn't as clear as others, but um, right. you know, props to those families to kind of reaching out and, and straightening everything out pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's the other thing too. This team is loaded with high character kids. When you really look about it, the Fafitas are fantastic. T-Mac is fantastic. All those California, all the Juice County kids are awesome. Um, you know, our guy, Russell Davis is awesome. You look at the, you look at these families out there on Twitter. These are, these, these are top flight families right there. These are quality characters out there. Yeah. I mean, I've never enjoyed talk I, I usually try to avoid talking to parents of current right. team members right because they always got opinions but um I, I i could say that i've talked to numerous parents on this team and they're all really good people and they're vocal on twitter like kevin green's dad is awesome on twitter great like very honest great dude tony jones stopping by kangaika noah's parents are amazing uh Quinn Magnuson, like there's so many parents that on Twitter will talk to fans and be honest with them and show love to other teammates and stuff like that. It's it's really awesome to see. I don't think he'll mind me telling this, but uh, uh, I really like uh, Les Fafita a ton. And I, I've had him on the show before, and we messaged back and forth some. And I asked him, I said, hey, any chance I could get you on to – you know, talk about Noah because I think a lot of people would like to see it. And it was the most humble answer ever. He said, honestly, um, I'd love to, he said, but I would, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to take away from anything. I just want to enjoy watching my kid. That that's some cool stuff right there. Sheer. That's some really cool stuff. Yeah. Because there's parents that we know in basketball and football, that would be like, absolutely put right. me right in front and center. I did this. I made this kid. And all right. that, and, and and they're just not like that. Like, there's just no parents yeah. on this team that we've come across that are like it. Now, a lot of them are so cool that you probably think, man, what makes them so chill? Oh, geez, my friend. Maybe. <laughs> just say it. Maybe. All parents are high. That's why they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, you must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. Noah, my guy right here. We were back in the A when nobody else was. That was the rallying cry. If you didn't back the A when we suck, don't back the A now, even though we'd like you to come to the games. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't if you didn't back the A when we were down, don't back the A when we're up. Also, all these Washington State fans that have been harassing me for the last three months, I did not hear from one of them. I tried what? bumping some of their previous uh, tweets. Nobody has anything to say right now. That cracks me up right there, Sheer. Got real quiet over there in Pullman. Real quiet. Yes, it got very quiet. Now what we need to do next, Tony Jones back in here, by the way. Uh, Les is awesome. You are the man there. You are as well, Tony Jones. Now, um, looking at uh, looking going forward then, Oregon State on the agenda. 
Oregon State is really, really good. Um, and I think, honestly, if you were to ask me who the best young coach in college football is, I don't know that there's somebody better than Jonathan Smith. I don't know if we still consider him young or not. I think he's, I still think he counts as young. Um, that that's a really good team across the board right there, but Arizona's definitely got a chance in this game. I can't believe you just dissed Kenny Dillingham like that. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, yes, he's better than Kenny Dillingham. I will, I'll run, I'll, I'll, I'll feel very good about that. Do you know that Jed Fish is only uh, two years older than Jonathan Smith? Wow. Wow. Jonathan Smith is 44. Jed is, uh, well, I think Jed's 47 now. Well, all right. You know, again, Jed, Jed's done an awesome job. What I'm just, all I'm saying is this, is what Jonathan Smith has done. I know, or, he's, I know, a good coach. he's a really good coach. I mean, he's got Oregon State for two straight years in the top 25. That should never happen. But Tony Clifton says, all right, we gave uh, Washington State a nice little uh, exit into the, uh, into the big sky or the Mountain West. We need to do the same exact thing with Oregon State here, Jason Shear. I'm going to go one step further. Let's create a nice little topic of discussion that'll get some people mad at us. Uh, if Oregon State wins nine games this year and it doesn't have a conference in, by end of November, why would Jonathan Smith stay with Oregon State? I don't, outside of being an alum, I have no clue because you're totally maxed at that point. An alum, or you say, look, we'll be in the Mountain West and we'll win it every year. And I'll try to do that whole pack you know, state thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm saying, and Arizona, what's really exciting about all of this is that I'm looking forward at the schedule, and uh, we're going to talk. Sheer doesn't know this, but he's coming back on tomorrow as well. We're going to talk some basketball there, TLN. Don't worry, but this is all football today. Um, Sheer, you can come back on tomorrow at 1030. This is correct. I believe so. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Um, But uh, I don't look at anybody on the schedule and say Arizona can't win. Um. And not only do I not look at the schedule and say Arizona can't win, I like Arizona's chances against – now, Oregon State's going to be a tough one. I think Arizona absolutely can beat UCLA. I think Arizona's going to beat the snot out of Colorado and ASU. Um, Utah can't score. Sure, we said before the year, six wins. Maybe, maybe we undersold it a little bit. The scary games are gone, right? Like, Oregon State is a, is a very legitimate team. It's really weird. Their defense has not played well, and they're on the road. If it was at Oregon State, I would say it's it's about as difficult of a game as Arizona's got. It's not. So that's a very winnable game. At Colorado, if I was picking a road game out of the team's left, I'd want to play at Colorado. Um, you know, that's that's a very winnable game. UCLA is broken on offense. Their defense is solid, but Oregon State put up a lot of points. Very winnable game. ASU, we know. Utah, um, good team still finds ways to win, but not at Utah at Arizona. That is a very big deal. All of a sudden, I'm I'm not saying Arizona's gonna run the table, but why can't it win three more games? And on top of that, some of the teams that aren't very good, and again, I like Dion a great deal. I think he's done a great job there. Colorado's not good. We need to we need to stop sitting here and acting like Colorado's good. They never should have been ranked. Arizona is a better football team than Colorado, period. Yes, much more complete. I mean that. That and and did you see the uh, the thing that came out today while the coaches were talking to the players on Friday night? I did see that's, this. Yes, uh, that's how you lose a team. Like right. there's a a very if they lose one more game, it's going to get ugly because the 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 coaches are just throwing dudes on uh, under the bus left and right. It's crazy. Tell tell the people out there what uh, what exactly it was. 
so basically on Friday night during the team meetings, the coaches were already ripping the players before the game had even been played. And they were like, you know, you're not doing your job and uh, you're not, you know, you got to figure out what you want to do with the rest of the life. If you're not good enough at football and right. I mean, ripping them to shreds. And it's something where it's a weird, this isn't the NFL. It's a very right. weird motivational tactic to use with 18 to 22 year old kids. Because again, at the end of the day, these are kids still. These aren't NFL players right there. Jason Shear, who is a huge NFL fan. This is true, Jason Shear. I watched NFL yesterday. You proud of me? Can I tell everybody the Jason Shear NFL story about how we got Jason Shear into the NFL? I think you have before, but go for it. I will say it again because I like repeating myself, even if it only uh, amuses me. So this is back when I was at the radio and Shear was uh, basically co-hosting every single day. And I told him, I said, Shear... We need to be able to talk NFL. Shear wasn't a big NFL guy at the time. Here's Shear's commitment to excellence and the way that he uh, gravitates away from mediocrity. Shear watched every single NFL game that uh, that Sunday. I was messaging Shelby, his lovely wife, and she says he has not gotten up from the couch for the last like nine hours. Shear, that is commitment. That is the grind that you show for your friends at Wildcat Authority. Yeah, I work hard for the people. I've always said I'm a man of the people, Mike. Right. Um, by the way, uh, Kip Bennett, I don't know that I've ever said Colorado was good. Um, but maybe I did. I don't know. I don't remember saying Colorado is good. As a matter of fact, I thought I was stunned when they were rated, but again, Kip, you are smarter than me. I will give you credit on this one. All right. Now the great Jacob Franklin is not here to run the board. So I'm going to have to do this bet MGM read myself. Everybody stay right here. Cause <laughs> this is going to be long, but I, I promise you there will be light at the end of this tunnel. Here's the deal. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through BetMGM sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. We've been saying all year, Sheer, on BetMGM to take the over of the five wins. If you did it, you would be a very rich person right here. Now, here's where it gets good. Gambling problem. Call one 800 uh 1-800-GAMBLER, uh, Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369-NY. NY. Call 1-800-327-5050-MA and... 21 up to a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, uh, Arizona, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel, visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. U, uh, U.S. promotional uh, offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. How good was that? That was good. A little slow, not as fast as Shane, but I, I respect it. Yes. All right. Now, Jason is a leader of men. Jason, you are a leader of men. You know who's a leader of men that we probably haven't given the leader of men tag to, but is clearly a leader of men is Noah Fafita. Yeah. I mean, that dude, we need to, all right, let's talk about it a little bit because the next three years become very, very fascinating with him at the helm. And again, this isn't uh Braden Dorman's a very, very uh, capable quarterback. Damon Williams coming in talented. But, man, outside injury, this is Noah Fafita's team as long as he's here, Sheer. Um, he's, yeah, that, yeah. he's that good. He's that dude. Yeah, you, you got to think. I mean, look, anything can happen. You know, injuries happen, stuff like your regression, whatever. But 
I mean, it, it's his team. I mean, you're you don't just see you don't see anyone coming out and and beating him out. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses too. Like that's the thing that I'm really curious to see is he's, he's a smart enough kid and he cares so much about the game. Uh, how much is he going to improve over the next year or so? What do you think the line for Arizona Oregon State's going to be on the BetMGM sportsbook app? Uh, Oregon, I was looking at this because you can usually predict it by using the Sagarin model, and it's probably going to be Oregon State minus like four. All right. Well, that means we got a real chance right there. And that might, as we get closer, that might be back the A time as well. All right, Sheer. Before we sign off, where can they find you? And you're coming back on tomorrow to talk football and basketball. Uh, I believe I am. But Wildcat Scoop wow. Podcast with my wife, Shelby, wildcatauthority.com, and at Jason Shear on Twitter. All right. He's the great Jason Shear. I am merely Mike Luke. All of you out there really appreciate you. Again, you guys are the backbone of the back of the A model right here. Everything is good. Shear, what time are you picking me up for the presser? One, uh, 115? Uh, 110. 110. I will be ready. Everybody out there will be back with you tomorrow. You're all fantastic. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We all silly like the mayor. 